0: (laughs) Greetings and welcome to the Table of Perspective, where we take a deeper look into how the internal narrative of an individual determines his response to life and all it entails. Today I'll be talking about a book that I haven't actually finished but dug into and found it, I found it thoroughly enjoyable and really couldn't pass it up. It's called Shadow of the Almighty by Elizabeth Elliott and I'll be going into kind of the meat of the book in a bit after our first song, so please enjoy. <laughs>
1: Like it was a bang Okay, either follow it up Ooh. or you watch it all tank. Yeah, end up a winner. That's something I, I mean. can't quit. Oh. Knows. I got host out of rollin'. I see hate in their Know yourself, know your team. Do they want you to win? I done feel about a hundred time. More fall than the more, I fall, the more I climb. Hey.
0: The Shadow of the Almighty um, is a very interesting book in the way that it was actually written. Um, I didn't know this in the beginning when I had picked it up. I kind of blindly picked it up and started reading it. Um, and the way that it's sort of narrated is it's letters from Jim Elliot, um, the late Jim Elliot, who was actually a, a phenomenal preacher. He was uh, so Philip James Elliott was an American Christian missionary and one of the five people killed during Operation Orca, an attempt to evangelize the Harani people of Ecuador. He was born on the 8th of October, 1927 in Portland, Oregon, United States, and he died on the 8th of January, 1956. Um, there was multiple movies that were made, was made about his story, as well as... Um, uh, several books that were written, uh, his spouse, Elizabeth Elliot, who was the person that had written this book uh, it was It was actually a really interesting way, uh, like I said earlier, of how it was written because these were letters compiled together uh, from Jim Elliot to his wife or well, before she was even his wife, um, as well as his parents and friends so um, If I go into a little bit of what the book is about, the way that some of the crit- the critics had written. Um, I guess, observations of the book goes as follows. So it was named a modern Christian classic, one of the great missionary stories of modern times. Elizabeth Elliot's account is more than inspirational reading. It belongs to every heartbeat of evangelical witness. And Eugenia Price's Shadow of the Almighty is a beautiful writing. But most important, it proves that Jesus Christ will bring bright creativity out of every shadow and any shadow, which might fall across any life and any love, if the life and love are under his redemptive touch. So this is the best-selling account of the martyrdom of Jim Elliot and four other missionaries at the hands of the Orca Indians in Ecuador. Elizabeth Elliot makes full use of Jim's rich and revealing diaries to expose the roots of what makes a person, at the threshold of life, commit his very being to a God who might feel, or whom he felt might call him to an unexpected death at any time. Elizabeth Elliot gives us the vivid details of a life, hid in Christ in God and creates a portrait of a figure who continues uh, to inspire many. So um, if you've ever read anything up on this specific book, um, there's, I guess, a a quote that always comes up, and I just wanted to find it. So in the prologue, uh, he wrote these words, Jim Elliot, when he was a college student in 1949. He wrote, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And then it goes on to say that seven years later, on a hot Sunday afternoon, far from the dormitory room where, he's, um, where those lines were, li- were written, he and four other young men were finishing a dinner of baked beans and carrot sticks. They sat together on a strip of white sand on the Curare River, deep in Ecuador's rainforest, waiting for the arrival of a group of men whom they loved but had never met, savage Stone Age killers known to the world now as the Orcas. Two days before, the hope of years had been partially fulfilled. Three of these Indians had met them on the beach where they now sat. The first friendly contact, long anticipated and carefully prepared for, had uh, been completely successful. The interesting thing about this book uh, is as you begin reading it, they sort of throw you at the deep end of what happens in the book. Uh, you have this constant mindset or anticipation of how exactly the story will follow through because you know in the beginning what will happen in the end and it's kind of as you read there's the i guess the the building up of how that story came into play so another quote that often is referred to when uh, when you think of the book from from Jim Elliot is speaking about his diaries and letters. Jim Elliot's way of writing is very thorough. Uh, whether it be in his letters to his parents or to his uh, before-known wife, so Elizabeth Elliot, um, he, he used such a an excellent way of verbalizing what it is he was experiencing. And as we know that the, the letters bring the the entire book into fruition Well, it was actually his life. You have this different perspective of an intimate relationship with God through a person who was writing down his very thoughts and um, his his observations of scripture and the miracles that had happened in that process. And oftentimes he'll incorporate scripture and poems and poetry into those letters. So for instance, um, on page 66, when he was around age 20, he had written um, a letter and... There was a poem that he had added in. So it says, Thine eyes shall see the king of his, in his beauty. They shall behold the land that is very far off. He was in the process of coming to understand whether or not it was God that was leading him into missionary work. Because he had gone to Wheaton College and had done excellently. Although it was a constant struggle for him of uh, befriending people and actually finding out what the purpose of that would have been. And in that process, he had exchanged several letters, or actually many, many letters, with his before-known wife. They had gone through an experience where they were kind of not sure of whether or not they were supposed to be together. And there were several occasions where he was able to visit her and her family. Um, They had gone to the same university, but had been in in different classes at, at one point. And when they had completed that, she had gone into a separate type of ministry, and he was kind of catching up in in trying to find out whether or not it was something worth pursuing. Uh, what's really i guess pleasant or or yeah quite quite i would say it's pleasant is to see the the respect that they had in that relationship uh, as they were watching it come to fruition, and so there was a very a wholesome, wholehearted uh, kind of theme that ran through all of the letters that they had written. There was obviously some things that she had uh, removed from from the book or omitted for obvious reasons because some things had not necessarily applied to the story itself. But this one poem that I wanted to read goes as follows. There the red rose of Sharon unfolds its heartsome bloom and fills the air of heaven with ravishing perfume. Oh, to behold, it blossom, well, by its fragrance fanned, where glory glory dwelleth in Emmanuel's land. And he says, um, he adds to that, he knows our love and is touched by his sympathy within. And I feel he holds us from each other, that he might draw us to himself. Let us pray individually. Draw me, and it may be that when we are allowed to say together, we will run after thee. And I will wait upon the Lord that hideth his face from the house of Jacob, <coughs> And I will look for him. And this was a part where Jim had told his parents very little about Elizabeth. But when he was speaking to her in the letters or whether it be uh, w- with one another, there was never a direct, um, I guess, acknowledgement of such but they had spoken almost in rhymes and riddles. And the main aim was that if they were to be together, it was supposed to be the purpose of uh, honoring the Lord and fulfilling his will in that. Because he wanted to go on and become a, a missionary. And that would be quite a sacrifice for, as she was known in the letters as Betty. So the main aim of both of them in their letters of exchange was to aim to fulfill the plan of the Lord and see that come to fruition. So um, there's just a part that I wanted to share uh, again in the the introduction. And actually it was in the preface. Right in the beginning it says that it is only when we obey God's laws that we can quite be sure that we really know him. The man who claims to know God but does not obey his laws is not only a liar, he lives in self-delusion. In practice more, the more a man learns to obey God's laws the more truly and fully does he express his love for him Obedience is the test of whether we really live in God or not the life of a man who professes to be living in God must be must bear the stamp of Christ and as you actually read through the book it is very evident that this was something that Jim Elliot had not only followed, but had strived to constantly progress in. His life was constantly impacting people. His life was constantly a a testimony of how the word was alive in him. It wasn't merely a theory that he had believed in or an argument that he had against others, but in actual fact it was the living God whom he had served had found his mark in his world and everything that he did was central around that position something uh, that I found really enjoyable, actually, um, is that they are pointing in the letters that he had written about the struggles that he was having, not only in his faith, but in decision making. And it's it's actually highly encouraging because for many, the scripture that comes to mind when you're enduring something challenging is that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear any evil, but by thy rod and thy staff, you will comfort me. And the thing is, it is a process of walking through the valley. In the valley, you do not see the other end because you're enduring it. And having this testimony of Jim Elliot, seeing him walk through the valley and actually hold on and grasp onto God's word and his promises and write about those very experiences where it almost seems as though he was, um, I guess, rejecting God or having doubts and fears, all of those things do come in the flesh, but they are not the ultimate end. And seeing God's faithfulness in redeeming him out of those situations and actually uh, building his character so that he could fulfill far more uh, was highly encouraging. And and if anything, that is maybe the the central reason why I'd highly encourage you to read this book. Um, but we're going to go into the preface right uh, just after the, a break where we have our second song. So please do enjoy
1: Jesus, Jesus children Jesus loves you Jesus children Hello children Jesus loves you Merry mm. Are you hearing what he's saying Are you feeling what you're praying Are you hearing
0: So, in the preface, and and just um, going back to that topic of, you know, being able to read. If you put it simply, this is really much a a diary that we're able to read through of Jim Elias' life. And, you know, when he comes to his end, as you you do find out in the beginning, um, having died as a martyr for for the sake of of sharing the gospel with someone who blatantly um, rejected you and rejected them so far that they they literally killed them. Um, And in the preface it says, speaking again of that that section where a life of a man who professes um, must bear the stamp of Christ. It says that these words written about AD 90 in the first epistle of John embody the radicals of Jim Elliot's life. Obedience leads to knowledge. Obedience is the expression of love to God. Obedience means that we live in God. And if we live in him, our lives bear the stamp of Christ. Some who pick up this book may make no claim to know God. Others may make the claim but be victims of self-delusion that John observes. Yet others may know him and others obey him, but wonder sometimes at the value of this knowledge and this obedience. I think that this book will have something to say to all three. If those in the first category want to know God, they may perhaps learn how. Those in the second category or second group might find that they are missing a great deal by not backing up their claims with action. And those in the third category may be encouraged to pursue their course. Jim's aim was to know God. His course, obedience, the only course that could lead to the fulfillment of his aim. His end was what some would call an extraordinary death. Although in facing death, he had quietly pointed out that many have died because of obedience to God. He and the other men with whom he died were hailed as heroes, martyrs. I do not approve, nor would they have approved. In the distinction between living for Christ and dying for him, after all, so great. Or is not the second the logical conclusion of the first? And I think that that puts it really quite well on not only the purpose of the book, but um, as they go on to say, furthermore, to live for God is to die daily. As the Apostle Paul put it, it is to lose everything that we may gain Christ. It is in thus laying down our lives that we find them. The relationship between man and God is a very practical one. It finds its sphere of operation in the common life and um just to close off there that is that is really the essence of the book is that in the common life when we are faithful and, we, and when we pursue christ and when we actually allow god to, to to do as he as he would to be miraculous in the most insignificant to be sovereign in our lives, to be our Lord and Savior. And when we're able to surrender the insignificant, that makes up the large part of our life. As C.S. Lewis actually mentioned, is that those interruptions, those insignificant small parts of our lives, that is the very thing that makes up the years that we live on earth. And when we surrender those insignificant small decisions, we see that we can look back with a testimony of a life miraculously lived. And that was very much the, the testament of Jim Elliot. And so I hope that you enjoyed it. And I do encourage you to read it. And if you ever do, um, I, I you should probably have a notebook to take notes of it. Because uh, even as I read, I, I remembered some of the quotes that he had added in and perhaps some poems. Um, But always expecting yourself to remember it doesn't quite work that well so i do hope that you are able to maybe even just share a bit of time in this book and uh, be inspired by it so have a great day and cheers
2: like what you're listening to of course you do do. do. follow us on all social media platforms and engage with us Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts Apple Podcast and, YouTube. and YouTube. This is ready on, really on demand. What you want when you want it. It's Active FM. Active FM, the Netflix of radio, but better.